Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, it's Sunday night, so you know what that means. It is time for another episode of the Brain and Love Podcast. Yay! I'm your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And every Sunday night, I bring to you the Brain Love Podcast. It's been going strong since March, or I almost said March, May 2020. We're coming up on our three-year anniversary You know, when I think about that, I think about what is my goal? Do I want to continue hosting this podcast until I have 10 years under my belt? Do I want to do five years? Do I want to keep going and just keep going? Because I have a good listening, listenership, listenership base, pardon me, if that's a word. Um, So thank you to all of you who support and who listen, who send in donations, because as you know, the donations get uh, contributed to the nonprofit that my office uh, manages, the Brain Love um, Foundation. So, and to folks who are here locally, if you know any veterans who are residents of the city of Hollywood, or if you yourself is a veteran and you're a resident of the city of Hollywood, please call my office for a wellness appointment. That appointment could be a facial, it could be Reiki, it could be medication management, psychotherapy. If you want to get sugared, you could get sugared too. That's therapeutic. Um, so whatever your needs are, give us a call and we can see if we can assist you. You have to be a city of Hollywood resident for uh, these complimentary services. Oops, did I left that out. These services are complimentary if you're a resident of the city of Hollywood and a veteran because the city of Hollywood has given us this grant. Yes, they gave us a grant, so... That is why City of Hollywood is, that is why you got to be a City of Hollywood uh, resident, as well as a veteran, of course, because it's a grant that is for veterans. So, all right, tonight, without further ado, I want to tell you about the topic. Tonight, I'm talking personality disorder. I'm talking about narcissistic personality disorder. It's an, well, it's a medical diagnosis, almost at an illness. It's not an illness, but it's a medical diagnosis that includes an excessive need for admiration. Um, these people typically have disregard for others, other people's feelings. They have an inability to handle any criticism, and they have like a sense of entitlement. Usually they have an inflated ego. They like, lack empathy, which could come across as being selfish, depending on what that lack of empathy pertains to, but they could come across as selfish. Um, As I said, there is this excessive need for admiration, a.k.a. they need attention, and oftentimes they have repressed insecurities, and we find that they have few boundaries. So I'm playing a show tonight, and I'm, I'm playing this because I'm playing it again because this is very helpful for a lot of people, especially women who are in relationships with a narcissist. You'll hear a young lady call in who was married to a guy with narcissistic personality disorder, and she goes into great detail about the experience she had with this this person. So I'm sharing this because 
Um, it's probably, I'm not sure, four or five years old, um, but it was a, a very, very popular um, post on my Facebook page, which is Dr. Delvina, D is, doctor is abbreviated DR, then Delvina, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. Um, so I want to share this information with you all because I don't think we've gone really into much detail about personality disorders. I've touched on it quite a few times, um, but this will really bring it home for you. So if you're around someone who just makes your stomach just feel like it's ugh, nauseated and they make you feel uneasy all the time and they always have this constant need for praise or admiration, they require validation from others, oftentimes they are bragging. And, you know, you may know someone who has... Um, some of these traits, and may, they may not be glaring because I think at times some folks, especially educated people who have been around the block, they have some insight. And, you know, of course, this word narcissistic as well as the word, word toxic has been thrown around so much that I think that some people have actually had some self-reflection and they're wondering if they are narcissistic. Hi guys, it's Dr. Delvina. This is going to be a juicy conversation, I believe. I already have people calling in to talk about this. I have my popcorn ready. It smells so good. Popcorn, why? Because this is a topic, the phone's ringing already. Okay, let's see who's calling. Good evening, Therapy Thursday. Hello? Hi, good evening. Good evening. Are you calling in about tonight's show? Uh, yes, the uh, narcissist. Yes, that's yes. exactly correct. All righty. Have you had an experience with a narcissistic boyfriend or girlfriend, or have you been in a relationship with someone who is a narcissist? I used to be married to one. Wow. And how long were you married to that person? Uh, we were only married... For a little over two and a half years. I, I didn't know when we were married that he was a narcissist. Okay. And so, you know, we just opened the, the show, but this is great because I'd rather um, have someone with a real life experience who can share their experience versus me just describing what these people are like or what narcissists are like. So um, let's go with your real life experience. Tell me, you said you didn't know you was a narcissist. I guess, how long did you guys date before you got married? Uh, we dated about a, probably about an, almost two years okay. before we got married. And we were both, I'm former military and he's still active duty. So we were both in the military. Okay. And so while you were dating this person, was it a long distance relationship? Was it, um, were you in the same city? Yes, we were in the same city. Okay. And so you saw him frequently, yes? Yes. Okay. So during the courtship, while you were dating, were there any red flags that you were able to pick up on? Yes. There were absolutely, we would break up and make up, break up. But, you know, I was in my 20s then and, you know, I didn't, yeah, I figured that's how relationships were. He would just, um, it was always, um when we would break up it wasn't i'm not saying i'm a perfect person but it was always something he had a 
issue with me and I would break, it wasn't, he would break up with me. I would break up with him and then he would beg and beg and plead and I would take him back. Okay. Okay. So he would beg you to come back. Would he make you feel guilty about leaving and not being there for him? Yes. Yes. He would um, actually one time, this was right before um, I was about to go to another duty station and he was at the one, he was going to stay there for a while. And we were just dating. We weren't engaged or married. And I actually, one weekend I went back to see him and he wasn't there. And I found out that, you know, he, you know, I stayed at his house. I had a key to his place. I was there the whole night. He never came home at the lot and said he wasn't there. And when, you know, I told him that I broke up with him and I was in a, um, school at the time. So it was probably about an hour and a half from where we were at. And I actually went back to the school and he actually followed me. I didn't know he followed me until a few minutes after I got my room, he knocked on the door and he literally, and trust me, this is not, please, if your narcissist ever does this to you, leave him alone. He actually told me if I break up with him, I got a gun in that car and I'm going to shoot you. And wow. that would have been a big red flag. But again, I was in my 20s. I was not thinking, you know, I was all in love. And But anyone mm -hmm. that threatens you with violence, just leave them alone. Because mm -hmm. in his mind, he was not going to let me go. Okay. So, and so do you think you felt like he must really love me if he's willing to kill me to have me well I thought well wow he got a gun I didn't think he I didn't see the gun he just said he had it because I know he didn't own a gun right but later on he told me he borrowed the gun from one of his friends mm -hmm. I was like you had a gun because I, I, I didn't take him I didn't see the gun mm -hmm. I didn't take him seriously like, oh yeah right you know okay so he, so you already sort of described some of the behaviors that are exhibited by narcissists. Um, I want to, and so that was at, during the time of you attempting to break up with him, which guys, breaking up with a narcissist is very difficult to do. Um, but I want to sort of say that. Let's back up and go back to the beginning when you were dating him and courting. You said that there were a few red flags. Um, in the beginning, can you recall some of those red flags in your relationship? I can help you with well, some questions if, if okay well some of the red flags in a relationship again i didn't to me in my mind i was saying oh he's such a great guy why is he single you know and i and he would he would say things and i didn't really pick them up until i actually this is a probably another show for you i have um pre-autobiographical memory so okay. i remember a whole lot of stuff about my life Okay. And he would say things that were because um, I was when I met him, he was I was a single parent and, I, and my, my, my child was um, probably a couple months old, maybe seven or eight months old when I started when I met him and I started dating him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he would say things like because he's of his, his skin complexion is dark and my son is very, very light. And he would say stuff about color. And, and, and I'm like, why does he talk about, why is he talking about my child? You know, I, I didn't, and he kept doing it. He did it even after we got married. You know, he would call my son powder, like the movie powder. I mean, he would just make up, and then he would sit there and laugh. 
Okay, so that's one. That's, funny. that's one flag. They like to um, demean other people, exploit other people. So he was demeaning towards your son. Um, he attempted to exploit your son, and as far as um, your the color of your son's skin, and say demeaning things about your son. So that is a sign of narcissist. Did he ever do demeaning things or say demeaning things towards you? Did he ever try to intimidate you or bully you or belittle you? During the relationship, he would say in the beginning. things when it got worse after we got married. He would say things like, "Well, I have a college degree. What do you have? What are you doing with your life? What kind of goals do you have? Okay. I have goals. All right. right. He would say those things. Right. So goals. What are you going to do with your life? And that's another red flag, guys. So right now, the caller is describing her relationship during the courtship as well as when she married her narcissistic ex-husband now, she was able to get away. But now we're going through, I asked her to explain or describe some of the red flags that she encountered. So we've already mentioned that they like to bully, they like to demean, they like to intimidate. And now you're saying that he was he was demonstrating um, a more uh, important sense of self. So he was better than you because he had a college degree. And, and you said, he said to you, what do you have? And that's what narcissists do. They have a sense of self-importance that is greater than the next person or greater than their their partner. Um, we call that sometimes grandiosity also. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so they have this grandiose sense of self. For him, it was, yeah, I have a college degree and I went to college. And then so, you know, actually he's doing a couple of things by saying that to you. He's demonstrating his inflated sense of self or his grandiosity or his self-importance, which is on a, he, he perceives to be on a higher level. And at the same time, he was demeaning you or belittling you. And that's another thing that they do. Did he also like to be praised all the time? Did he want constant admiration and praise? Oh, I go one, I'll do you one better. He was actually the Sergeant Audie Murphy of our battalion. And the Sergeant Audie Murphy Award is the most difficult military board that you can go to because it's, 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 it's Army history. It's, you have to know all of that. And it's a very difficult board to pass. And not many sergeants can say that they have won the Audie Murphy Award. So because he was Audie Murphy. He was put on this pedestal by everybody. Mm, okay. All right. So that didn't help that the people around him fed into his need to feel superior because narcissists also like to feel superior and they feel entitled to certain things. Um, they feel entitled to be treated a certain way, to be regarded a certain way. Uh, that's another sign that you're dealing with the narcissist. Um, and they have an exaggerated need for attention and validation. Um, and in you describing him, it sounds like that was your ex-husband. Was he a perfectionist? Yes, he was a perfectionist. Um, he would, he would, and that's another thing that kind of got to me. He was, he is so obsessed with, he still is so obsessed with money. So when we would, you know, do things on the military side, we would go home. He would spend his time like working on, cause he was a mechanic. So he would work on everyone's vehicles and they would pay him money to fix their vehicles. And then he was renovating his house and he did it all himself. So he did all of these things when he wasn't at work. And, you know, I was, but well, you're not spending any time with me. Well, I'm trying to make some money. 
You know, it's I, it's I, I, I. Right. I'm making some money. I mean, come on, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm making money on the side. I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm making money. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, other signs, guys, that you're dealing with the narcissist is we just discussed the perfectionism, the need for control. So it's about I, all the things that they want to do. It's not about the team. So for her and her relationship, it was more about him and his needs. And he exerted that control over their, their relationship. Um, also, other signs that you'll see, lack of empathy. And you described that when you said that he would make fun of your son and laugh about it. He lacked empathy. So meaning they have no feelings towards another person. You know how sometimes we'll say, oh, my God, I feel so bad for him or I feel so bad for her. Narcissists don't feel bad for anyone. They don't feel even the one that they can't claim to love. They don't feel bad for them. They have no empathy. There's no such thing as placing themselves in another person's shoes. Um, and so they also um, like to place blame on other people. They never accept responsibility for circumstances that are taking place or issues that might occur. I always tell couples who are in couples therapy, if there's a problem in a relationship, both people involved should be taking responsibility for that problem because there are two people in that relationship. But narcissists can't do that. With narcissists, it's always the other person's fault. Did you ever experience that with him? Well, with him, he would, um, and another thing, you know, he never, another problem with red flag, he didn't have friends. Oh, you know, yeah. That's, uh, that's a red flag it. of a lot of personality disorders, not just narcissism, but yeah, not having friends. Yes. But he only befriended people that he always, there was always something wrong with them. Yeah. You know, either financially or, right. you know. So they kind of like look like you said they look up to him he, so he exerted he, his power he, and control over them they were people he right. could control or look down on even to this day you know i've known him 20 years he doesn't have any friends he still doesn't have any friends yeah wow you know and he, he still does oh i'm sorry, I'm sorry. he's still what he i'm just saying he still doesn't have any friends okay um, the other thing, guys, narcissists, they lack boundaries. So they will say and do whatever they feel is necessary to control the situation. There are no boundaries. So we just went over some of the signs that you're dealing with the narcissist, some of the red flags that you might see in a relationship. So when you see these things early, the best thing for you to do is to run, not to stay in the relationship. It is very, very time consuming and takes a lot of energy to manage a relationship you're in with certain personality disorders. I mean, personality disorders in general can be uh, can be a lot of work in a relationship, but when it's something like narcissism or um, a personality called borderline personality disorder, you work really hard in managing that relationship. So you do have two options in these types of relationships to stay or to go. If you stay, then you have to understand that if that person does not acknowledge that they have a problem or if that there's personality issues that they have to work on, it'll always be you compromising every time. Is that what you found in your relationship? Right. Yeah. And um, after we after we got married, you know, he he said things like I had issues. I got a military chapter out for my back pain and he would say things like, well, if I knew I didn't know when I married you that you were going to be this sick. He actually told me that. Mm. And I said, um, what did you just say? Why did you say that? Oh, I'm just saying. And so he would always tag, oh, I'm just saying on the end of when he said something bad. 
So he like, said, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have married you if I knew you were going to be the sick or I didn't know you were. Right. If I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know when I married you, I didn't know you was going to be the sick. Yeah. So that's no empathy again, but demeaning, belittling. Now, so oh, question. I, I got a better one. I got a sure. better one. I had a cesarean section. So he actually told me, you know, when I look at that scar, it, it just, it just oh makes gosh. me sick. It is so disgusting. Oh because my gosh. That is what something, some other man, that scar is there with some other man oh. did and I had nothing to do with it. And you know what? And so guys, this actually is a segue into a discussion about how, how, uh, how abuse, how abusive can a narcissist become or can they be? Narcissists can be physically abusive, definitely emotionally and verbally abusive because remember what I said, they lack empathy. So they don't care about how you feel when they say certain things. If they feel it's something they need to say to control you, or I have something else for you. If they feel that your light is shining brighter than their own, they don't like that. They like to be the only one shining. So even if they claim they love you and they're in a relationship with you, if they feel you're doing well, your light is shining brightly, they want to bring you down or take you down a notch or two or 10. So they say the things that they feel are necessary to emotionally traumatize you or to hurt you if they're not also physically abusive. So that my uh, my friend on the phone, that was a way of emotionally abusing you to say to you that scar is disgusting. It reminds me of another man. Yep. And Who how did that, that how did that make you feel? I'm like, are you serious? I, 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 I'm like, are you serious? I couldn't believe you said it. You were flabbergasted. But actually, but, but actually, the worst thing he has ever said to me was during sex oh wow you have you do sex like a certain skin color say what he said because he wasn't satisfied and he said oh you do sex like a certain skin color did he say you fuck like a white girl yep that's exactly what he said you gotta say what he said because so people can understand how low that these people go not just men, but women too, but we're talking about men tonight. They say the things to control you. The need for control includes behaviors that include abusive, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, and physically abusive. Was he ever physically abusive towards you? Oh, no. He, he, we, had, we had an argument once. He came home mad because he used to spend time, I don't know, it's him. He would spend time with his family in another state, but he would never take me. And he would say things like, well, I'm hanging out with my brother and you're just going to get in the way. He would take my son because, you know, my son would play with his nephews, but he would never take me, you know, oh so he gosh. would go there. So she did something idiot. It, my ex sister law did something stupid, like took, took money out their joint bank account and he came back mad. Now, he got in my oh. face. But I reminded him who I was and who my family was. So, no, he never put his hands on me. Okay. So, you know, he want to deal with my family. Not taking you to spend time with his family was his one of his um, ways of making you feel or trying to make you feel insecure. I don't know if it made you feel insecure, um, but not taking you to meet his family was a way that he used to try to make you feel insecure. 
to make you feel less confident in your relationship. That's another thing, guys, that narcissists will do um, in a relationship. Now, a lot of people will ask, well, what makes a person this way? So in general, personality disorders are a result of how someone is raised or how someone is reared, a person's childhood. We don't diagnose personality dis disorders until the age of 18 or after. So what happens during a childhood, those things affect a person in their, and how they relate to other people. Um, and so tell me about your, your ex-husband. Did he have, what was, do you know what his, his family story was or his family background? Um, I do know that his father died when he was very young and his mother remarried um, a minister. So, um, and I didn't even find this is, this is, this is, I didn't even find out that he was raised Jehovah Witness. I didn't even find out until we got married. Okay. I didn't even know that, but I met when I, I saw his family, but see, we were having problems and, you know, my ex-father-in-law is a minister and a counselor. So he listened to what we were having problems with. And my ex-father-in-law said, well, you know, the reason why your marriage isn't working is because married people do things together you go everywhere together you do a thing together and i know you i know my son he doesn't like doing anything with anyone except for himself and he got mad because my ex-father-in-law agreed with me that we should go places as a married couple that was the last time while i was married that i saw my in-law the very last time wow i've only seen them like once okay so you know, besides making their partner feel insecure, narcissists are also insecure people. Although they want to exhibit or, or portray that they're um, the perfect person um, and they have, as I said, this grandiose sense of self, um, they are also insecure. Um, did, did his childhood ever make sense to you? Did you fully understand or did you feel like at times he hid certain aspects from his childhood? Because a lot of times, um, a ch the childhood of these narcissistic people, it doesn't make sense, or there's a lot of gaps or holes in their story that they don't, that they don't, uh, share that they don't tell you about. Um, or sometimes they will tell you stories and those stories wreak, um, you know, um, definition or examples of the person being neglected, not being cared for, not being loved, um, whether it's from the father or the mother or both. Did any of that seem to be in his history? Well, he did say, you know, and understandably because he had two other siblings that, you know, money was, was very difficult because his, his father died when he was about nine or 10 years old. And I think his mother didn't remarry until he got to high school. But he was, he's also like, he didn't like for me to like buy toys for my son. It's like he hated toys. I could never buy toys. He did not like toys. So I like learning toys, but I don't like toys. I don't think he should have toys. So he would, he hated it when my son, when I bought my son toys for some reason. Okay. Oh, wow. So we, we went through all of the flags, the signs of a narcissist. Narcissist. I talked a little bit about um, how a person develops. Uh, personality traits that can be seen as a personality disorder that's consistent consistent with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, you know, I think the thing that a lot of people see the most is that narcissists have a need for control, an excessive need for control. They demean others. They don't care about others. They have no empathy. 
Um, they feel that the most important person is themselves. They don't want to hear about other people's stories. They only want to talk about themselves. They have a, a sense of entitlement. Um, they're not good at compromise, especially emotional compromise. They're not good at that at all. They're sort of um, what we call one-minded. You know, it's always just everything about them. Um, they're not considerate of other people's opinions. Um, and there's no sense of fairness or proportion in, in the relationship. Um, so someone is asking if you snuck and bought the toys um, or did you and just, let's see, did she sneak and buy the toys or did she buy them and just let him get angry? Did you stop buying toys? I bought, when my son was two, that was when the Teletubbies were out and I bought all four Teletubbies because he loved them. And I found out later, like like years later, that my because my ex-husband hated those Teletubbies. And he actually threw them away. You know, the Teletubbies was like over $100. That was a lot of money. Like back, you know, when you're a single parent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I spent over $120, $130 from Teletubbies. And he actually threw them all in the trash. And I didn't find wow. out until my son told me like years. I said, he did what? I was wondering what happened to him. They just, one day they just disappeared. Oh, so you didn't he know. Me. He threw your no, son's Teletubbies right. away he and you didn't know. Yep, he threw them away. Did and, your, and, um, and your son and never I, told you? Well, he didn't tell me until like, uh, like a couple of years that went by. They just disappeared. I didn't know what happened to them. And he said, oh, dad threw those in the trash. Oh, maybe he, he thought you knew. No, yeah, yeah. And he said it like, you know, yeah. He said it as if I saw it. I was like, what? And when I asked him about it, he actually had a nervous laugh. I said, you know how much I paid for that thing? He doesn't care. For thing. He wouldn't care how much you paid. He has no empathy. So, right. you know, narcissists are bad news. I, I want to I, 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 I want to be very explicit about that. Narcissistic people, not just men, but women as well. They are a lot of work. And if they're not willing to go to psychotherapy or to see a mental health professional, guys, your relationship will always be a challenge. It'll be a challenge to love them. Narcissists do things that make it a challenge for you to love them, for you to love your relationship. And women who are more passive and are um, very empathic and um, very in tune with other people's emotions, narcissists love to be in relationships with them because those type of women, since we're talking about men, those types of women play to their emotions, to their ego, and also don't challenge uh, the uh, behaviors that are presented by these narcissists. Um, narcissists can frequently threaten you, you know, say things like, I'll walk out this door right now, never come back. Or, you know, this is the best relationship you ever had. And if this relationship ends, you'll never have anyone else. Um, they'll tell you in the relationship anyway, it doesn't matter. You won't find anyone else. I didn't need you anyway. Things like that. Um, they'll say things to try to, to threaten you. You better stop or I'll swear out. And so just like you said, caller, he threatened to kill you with a gun. So he was to the extreme with, um, with his control and his, his threatening and his threats. Narcissists also like to try to make you feel guilty. They say things, they bring up the past a lot. Um, they try to say things to, to elicit guilt from you, even if they have to conjure or create scenarios, even if they have to make things up. Did your ex ever do that to you? Well, I, I, I do know that um, 
as far as, you know, I used to say, because I didn't know when we were married, he was a narcissist. I used to call him my black Adon. And afterwards, you know, I said, you know what? You're not a black Adon. You know, he literally, his feelings were so hurt. Oh, yeah. He was, you, I, you called me, you said I was a black Adon. I said, no, you're not. And he was, he was really, really hurt. And he looked like he was about to cry. He wanted to stay on that pedestal, you know? And he, he's, he's, narcissists are entitled. So the smallest thing, such as you calling him a black Adonis, he wanted, he feels entitled. He wanted to still maintain that title and or I that label. Like and when I um, left the military, I got a job and I bought my house. You know, I was 30 years old, brand new house, my own house. You know, people usually congratulate you on buying a house. You know, he said, oh, this looks like military quarters. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, he never, I've never, in 20 years, I've never heard him say, I'm sorry, or I apologize. He has never said those words to me. Remember, and I said he, they have no empathy. There's no emotional right. compromise there. So it's everything is about them, and they like to make you feel like trash. They do and say things to make you feel belittled and demeaned and to control you to be abusive. They believe they're special but you're not special to them, right? You never felt special right. in that relationship, did you? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But I bet you he felt that he was someone very special. Yeah. How about... Well, he... Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. No, no. Well, well he, he would always say the reason why, and, and he told me this after we got married, the only reason why he married me because I'm what, what the type of woman that he wanted to marry looks like, you know? He said, you know, I only he only married you because of what you look like. That's the only reason why I married you. Because of what you look like. Okay. So yeah. something superficial. Well so I said, so um, we're not friends, you don't like he said, Well, I I like you, but you know, you're everything. And even his wife and I think that's why he still talks to me because I don't you know, I don't kiss his behind, you know, I will tell him, you know, go you know, go somewhere, but his current wife, you know, she she's very submissive to him, even though they don't live together. That's another story. But yeah, they don't live together. They've been married for eleven years and they don't live together. Did you ever find that? Married. Did you ever find that your husband had labile type moods, meaning one moment he's super happy and enjoying himself, but then he could go to being angry or being sad? Did he ever kind of fluctuate in his in his moods? Well, not so much to an extreme happy to sad, but there were things that, it, to me, it was as if he was bored. So he only had interest in things that he liked. But if there was something I wanted to do or something I wanted to do as a couple, he showed zero interest in it. And he would actually be a jerk. I mean, one time, with 98, we went to Essence Music Festival. And... He literally walked out and I'm sitting here looking for him and I thought he's left, but he just, he just left me. You know, I, I met with my female friend, but he wanted to tag along because, you know, he's tagging along. He's just being Joe's boyfriend. Right. And he was, he was, he was moody. He was mean. He, you know, he was very nasty towards everyone. I mean, and he just made, he just made the whole ordeal just, you know, and I, I didn't even I didn't even enjoy myself. Okay, so but Moody, he, but he does that a lot. He, right. If it is if it is anything he wants to do, mm -hmm. he, he's not he's not happy. He he's there, or he'll sit and he'll talk about people and he'll laugh and he'll make jokes. He'll talk about different.
people that are there and how they look, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so that's that moodiness. They go from being one way. You said he was moody um, from one mood to another type of mood. Um, sometimes people say being hot and cold. Um, so we, we gave you plenty, plenty of examples of um, how narcissists exhibit their behaviors or their traits um, of narcissism. Or even if we cuddle, even if we cuddle, if he didn't want to cuddle, he would push me off. Okay. Really push me off. okay. So I like to keep these sessions um, short, guys, because attention span of folks, it's not that uh, not that long. And narcissism is actually a very in-depth, um, we can have a very in-depth conversation about narcissistic personality disorder. Um, of course, the symptoms and the traits and the behaviors are similar for both men and women. Um, I, I don't want people to think that I'm saying this is something that just occurred occurs in women. I mean, in men, it, it occurs in women as well. Um, I really just wanted to go over what you'll see or the signs you'll see if you're in a relationship with a, a narcissist. Um, and the caller described very well some of the behaviors that they'll, that they sometimes display. Of course, sometimes people can do some things and not the other things. But for the most part, the, the theme here is that narcissists, everything is about them. Um, as far as emotions, the things that they're doing, um, they always want to be complimented. They feel they're more important than, than everyone else. They'll always make um, the situation or the story or the world revolve, revolve around themselves. And to do that, they'll exert um, extreme an extreme amount of control to create that scenario for themselves, even if that control includes being emotionally, verbally, or physically abusive towards the people um, they love or that they claim to love. I was eating popcorn and just spit out some popcorn. Um, so you guys get it. Caller, I'm glad that you called in so that we had some real life examples of how your ex-husband's personality manifested in your relationship. And even though, and one more time, even after we divorced, you know, he came to visit and for an hour and a half, I didn't even talk. I sat there and let him talk. I said, do you realize the last hour and a half You've been talking about yourself, like I went to the club and some dude bumped in me. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you was a bouncer. I said, do you realize you, you mean, well, who else am I going to talk about? He actually told me that. Yeah, and that's what they do. So and we could have another conversation if you're in one of these relationships on how to end a relationship with the narcissist. At times it can be dangerous, as the caller described a few moments ago when she mentioned breaking up with her ex-husband who was at the time actually her fiance or her boyfriend i believe you guys hadn't married yet and he threatened right. to go to his car and get a gun and kill her so it can get a little dangerous with some of these guys because sometimes the um, personality traits uh, that they have not only include the narcissism but also something called antisocial type personality traits they can have a little bit of both in layman's terms uh, antisocial is a psychopath or sociopath. Okay. So when those two things are combined, it can get a little dangerous. That's when they become physically abusive, not just emotionally controlling or emotionally abusive or verbally abusive. Um, someone said, I've never been in a relationship with a narcissist. It sounds hard. It is very hard, very hard. Any, as I said before, being in a relationship with someone who has a personality disorder, 
you know, people can have what we call maladaptive personality traits or bad traits, but when it rises to the level of being a disorder, that means it's intrusive to someone's day-to-day -day functioning in their life, at work, with family and friends. And in your example, caller, with your um, ex-husband, you said he didn't have any friends and he still doesn't have friends. So that is definitely a red flag that someone has a personality disorder because nobody likes their ass, you know? Um, and that's what happens is they push because of how they behave. They push people away all the time. Um, so guys, I could go into what happens when you're in that relationship and how you end a relationship when you're in a relationship with a narcissist. But as I said, I want to keep things short and uh, there will be a part two on narcissistic relationships. And this time, you know, hopefully a man will call in and talk about a woman who he was in a relationship with who was a narcissist because I did get some slack about that. Some guys were offended that I wanted to talk about narcissistic men. Um, caller, I have yeah. one last question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel like your ex-husband loved you? Oh, of course not. I mean, I know he says it like, you know, right now, you know, because I still keep in, I keep in touch with him. But, you know, when I, well, excuse me, when I keep in touch, you know, but of course, he always tells me what's going on. He's like, he never says, how are you? Don't, I've never heard, hi, how are you doing? How's your day going? How are you feeling? You know, I had went through some um, health problems. I suffered um, an embolism. And he actually said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you know, um, you should push away the people who care about you. I'll take care of you. But this is the same person that said I didn't want to. And I said that. I said, but this is the same person that said, I don't think you're going to be sick. Well, yeah, I don't think you're going to be that sick, but yeah, I'll take care of you. But he's only saying that because, you know, he still wants me. You know, he's not taking care of me for me. He's taking care of me for him. Sure. It all has to do with him. Exactly. And that's what it is with narcissists. Everything is about them. The world revolves around them. Well, thank you for calling tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Congrats on getting away from him, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I actually figured out what that is. And, and going forth, I will stay clear from men like that. Really quickly, have you encountered other people who had similar signs or behaviors and you knew not to engage them? I have met some men that are, you know, I've had boyfriends on and off. My my ex-boyfriend wasn't like that, but I have met men, you know, I developed interest in them. And they have interest in me, but when I get to know them, I start to see traits from my, that I had dealt with with my ex. And, you know, I was like, yeah, this, this isn't for me. Uh, for some reason, I attract narcissists. I don't know why. I wish you well, had a segment on how do women attract narcissists. I mentioned something. I mentioned something about 10 minutes ago about who narcissists are attracted to. They're attracted to empathic women, women who are emotional people who you you have empathy for others. They like that because they know that you'll give them, the narcissist, the extra consideration and admiration and uh, attention that they seek. You'll ask them what's wrong. You'll stroke their ego. You'll make them feel even more empowered and more important. You help with inflating that false sense of inflated self-esteem they already have. So narcissists like being around certain personality types because they're able to control them better. 
They feel better around them because the women who are stroking their egos and being very sensitive and nice to them, they typically won't confront and say, hey, you're going too far. I don't like what you just said to me. A narcissist is not going to um, deal with a woman who is uh, very vocal and uh, will confront them on certain things. They just won't do that. So they prefer someone who's more passive, someone who's uh, very empathic, very someone who's very emotional, and someone who's very uh, who might coddle, um, someone who's more maternal-like. So your personality type is what they look for. And I was a single parent too. I think he's one of those guys that like single parents, single mothers. Well. You know, well, so unless he wants to date someone who already has a husband, you'd have to be you're saying someone who has a kid already is your point. Right. Because he he he. I noticed that the women that he even his ex-girlfriend after we divorced and the woman he's married to now, he dates women or with women that are not doing well financially so he can oh, say okay. well, i'm up here you're down right here. so we discussed that too they like to feel empowered they like to be more important they also like to exert control um and so they want to feel like they're better and that's why as you said the people in his circle that he chooses to befriend or chooses to associate with they have problems or difficulties in life because it doesn't challenge his own ego they don't like to have their egos challenged. They want to be the they want to be the better person um, in the relationship. They want to feel like I should say, they want to feel like they're the most qualified or the better person or the best looking or um, the most financially stable. Or they want to be on top all the time. So they'll associate themselves with people who may not be doing as well. So that's their that's their mo. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, so there's a lot of information regarding narcissists. We went over just um, a few things, such as the red flags, some of the behaviors, what you'll see in a relationship when someone is a narcissist. And we had a caller call in, and she described her relationship with a gentleman um, who was or and is a narcissist. Um, I don't really want to go into how to break it off with someone when you're in that type of relationship or what a narcissist can do, the treatment, those sorts of things. I won't go into great detail. Maybe that could be a part two. But psychotherapy, basically sitting down with a professional who is skilled in dealing with personality disorders would be the best thing. Sometimes they need medications, especially if they exhibit some unstable mood symptoms uh, on a consistent basis or have a lot of anxiety or nervousness. I want to bring attention to my t-shirt tonight. The future depends on what you do today. So your future depends on what you do today, right? So the work that you put in today will influence what happens tomorrow and the next day and the next day, or even a year from now. And I'm wearing my suicide prevention jacket tonight. September is start uh, suicide prevention month. So remember, I'm doing a challenge, 22 push-ups a day for 22 days. You don't have to start on September 1st. You can start in any time in September, but you have to get 22 days in. So you need to get started by the 17th or the 18th. All righty, guys. I will see you later. And remember, brain love. Have a good night.
Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, and I just wanted to tell you about the ways to follow me. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what platform you're on, but I'm on all of the podcast platforms, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and you can also follow me on my social media for those of you who found me through your podcast platform and not on social media. Some people have been following me on Instagram or Facebook, and that's how they learned about the podcast. But for those of you who learned about my podcast first, please feel free to follow me on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina. The doctor is abbreviated as DR, and there's no period. So it's DR Delvina, which is spelled D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And let's see, I have a website. I mentioned before that the website was under construction, but the website is up and good to go. It is Dr. Delvina Help. So again, the DR is abbreviated DR, D as in Delta, E L, V as in Victor, E N A, Help, H E L P as in Papa.com, Dr. Delvina Help.com. So please. Go to my website, take a look, peruse the site, and see what's going on there. And uh, I'm also, let's see, where else am I? I'm in SoundCloud as well, but I'm not as active on SoundCloud as I am with my um, with my podcast. You know, this podcast has been up since May 2020 during the pandemic. And um, I just love talking about the brain and helping to educate people about their mental health and wellness. So please spread the word, tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a loved one, tell a significant other, tell your ex. If there's something I've t- I touched on that really that you identify with and you want to share it with someone, share it, please. Mm-hmm. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself needs know your needs your needs come first not everyone else's limitations limit your expectations of yourself ownership own your mistakes learn from them and move on vengeance is not yours it's the lord's express yourself every day meaningful communication don't go to bed angry and that's been my show guys brain love Thank you.